the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As I mentioned earlier in the service, I'd like you to read responsively with me from the Athanasian Creed. So, would you take out the uh, hymnal in the pew in front of you there and turn to page 319? Yes, this is the really long one, and thankfully, years ago when this new hymnal came out, they were kind enough to put it in verse form so that we could read it responsively instead of one steady stream because I think your eyes start to glaze over if we let you read it all together at once. So, we'll read it responsively. I'll read the, uh, the odd verses, and you'll read the even verses. Trust me, it'll go faster that way. Whoever desires to be saved must, above all, hold the Catholic faith. Okay, so we've read responsibly one of the three ecumenical creeds that we believe and confess here in the Christian church. And the reason why I waited with the reading and the confessing of that creed during the sermon is because I wanted it to be really fresh in your minds. And really, this creed is a sermon in itself about the Holy Trinity. So I should just be able to sit down and say amen, right? Oh, if it were only that easy. It should be obvious throughout that creed, but especially in the opening verses, that this creed is about the whole Christian church's belief in the Trinity. And that's what we confess. That's what unites us and binds us together. This Athanasian Creed is precise and rather concise in its explanation of a very complex uh, doctrine of the Trinity. But let's be honest. Even after reading that, did you actually understand everything that you were saying? Now, don't just blow it off and say, no, and I don't even need to understand it all. Listen again to verse 26 where it says, Therefore, whoever desires to be saved must think thus about the Trinity. Now, friends, that's important to say in our day and age because there are Christians, yes, even including some of us Lutherans, who have watered down the theology of the Trinity. Because suddenly all the focus is on believing in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Don't get me wrong. That is a vital component of the saving faith, but it doesn't stand alone. That's because Jesus Christ doesn't stand alone. He is one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. In fact, quite often in the Bible, we find Jesus turning our attention to one or both of the other two persons of the Trinity. That's because we can't have one of them without the other two. And that is the essence of our confession in the Athanasian Creed. As you seriously consider the words of that creed, you recognize their importance. And it will most likely then lead you to ask what Nicodemus did in verse 9 of our gospel lesson. When he said to Jesus, how can these things be? You see, Jesus had been explaining to Nicodemus the workings of God in bringing people into his kingdom. And I would have you note how Christ points to the actions of all three persons of the Trinity in that saving process. 
But as you heard, Nicodemus was stuck on the mechanics of how rather than believing in the what of God's saving work. And I fear that is the same problem that trips us up with the doctrine of the Holy Trinity. How can there possibly be three divine persons and yet only one God? How can the Son of God come down, take on human flesh, and unite His divine nature with His human nature in one body? If the three persons of the Trinity are inseparable, then how did the Son die on the cross but not the Father and the Holy Spirit? And there are probably a hundred more how questions that we could come up with. These are mysteries that we'll never know the answer to this side of heaven. But the danger for us is getting stuck on the how and letting that interfere with our faith in the what of the Trinity and their work for our salvation. Perhaps an illustration will help explain what I'm trying to get at here. Have any of you ever seen the movie Extraordinary Measures? came out maybe about, I think, eight years ago or so. It tells the true story of a man who had two children with a rare genetic disorder. You see, their bodies were not producing an enzyme that allowed them to process the glycogen that's in the food we eat. This caused their muscles and vital organs to gradually weaken. And as you might imagine, it was a deadly disease. The scientists gave them a detailed explanation of how all this works in the body, including diagrams. Now, if you're like me and you were sitting there hearing it, all of this would be right over your head. But you know what? Your body is performing that function right now, even as we speak. It's converting those enzymes for you without even thinking about it. Now, wouldn't it be silly then for a person to say, well, I don't understand how this works in my body, so I'm not going to eat another bite of food until I do. No. You accept the fact that your body does this work even though you don't understand the how. Likewise, when it comes to the Trinity, you don't have to answer all those how questions before you can believe in the Trinity and their saving work. Sadly, there are those in our world today who are incessantly stuck on the how of the Trinity. And that prevents them from having a saving faith. A prime example are those folks that come knocking on your door periodically, the Jehovah's Witnesses. They have visited some of your homes with the booklet that they've produced, which are really just ones that they're rehashing from uh, previous years. And I can tell you, I've read their materials before. And simply put, they are hung up on the how of Jesus being true God and true man. They have the same problem with the Trinity. And since they can't comprehend the how, then they refuse to accept the existence and the work of the Trinity, which sadly leaves them stuck in their unbelief and destined for damnation. That being said, 
it doesn't mean that we're left totally in the dark about our triune God. The Scriptures reveal to us many, many truths about the Trinity, which we then embrace by faith. So we would do well to examine and study them regularly. It's a good thing to search the Scriptures together in order to gain a richer and fuller understanding of who God is and what He has done for us. Like Nicodemus, Christ draws us deeper into the truths about our salvation and the means by which God accomplishes it. The problem for us, though, is that the tendency of our old sinful nature is to constantly revert back to that old question of how can these things be? And it becomes a stumbling block for us. Consider for a moment the means of grace. We're baptized in the name of the three persons, all three persons of the Holy Trinity, because God is not just a casual observer from far off when this happens. He is right there working in and through the plain water in order to create faith and forgive sins. Don't ask how, but embrace this work of God by faith. When you stand to confess your sins, our triune God uses your pastor to deliver the Lord's forgiveness in the absolution. I've heard fellow Christians, some of them my own relatives, ask the question, well, how can a human being forgive your sins? The answer, he can't. But God can. And he does it through the lips of your pastor. Don't ask how, but embrace this work of God by faith. Our triune God is present in His holy word, whether that's the spoken or the read word. Through it, He can create and sustain faith, convict us of our sins, and shower us with His forgiving grace. Don't ask how, but embrace this work of God by faith. The Holy Trinity also comes to us in, with, and under the bread and wine of Holy Communion. Those visible elements are the means by which we receive the body and blood of Christ for our forgiveness and the feeding of our souls. And as I said earlier, where one person of the Trinity is, the other two are there also. So you're actually receiving our triune God in Holy Communion. But don't ask how. Don't be stuck on how. Rather, embrace this work of God by faith. You know, it took time for the Word of God to percolate deeper and deeper into the soul of Nicodemus. Somewhere along the way, he eventually dropped all his how questions along with his resistance to the Holy Spirit working faith in his heart. Later, we know that at Jesus' crucifixion and death, he reappears now, as a disciple of Christ, by faith, he received the truth of his salvation through the work of our triune God. Friends, there is much about the Holy Trinity that may, may lead you and I to ask, how can these things be? My prayer is that you also, like Nicodemus, would leave behind the how questions 
and instead, by faith, embrace the revealed truth of your salvation, which happened through the work of our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And now may that peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.